Hi, I'm Rick Anthony, and welcome to the Someone You Should Know podcast, the podcast that focuses on musicians, authors, and interesting people. We like to say we're making a difference one artist at a time. So sit back, have a cold one, and get ready to meet someone you should know. Author time is back on the podcast, and I'm very excited to have today's guest on it. And especially, you're going to like it too, if you're a fan of sword and sorcery and Dungeons and Dragons and The Hobbit and Game of Thrones and uh, are partial to the fantasy adventure tales, you're going to love today's guest. He's an author of the epic fantasy book series called The War Mister Series. Will you please welcome J.V. Hilliard. Joe, welcome aboard. How you doing, man? Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. I have to ask you, when did your love affair with this genre begin? You know, it really came in two places. The first was that I had a, um, uh, when I was in fourth grade, my uh, English teacher at the time went out on a medical sabbatical and we were about a month away from the end of the year. And somehow our permanent sub got permission from the principal to read us The Hobbit. Oh, how nice, nice. Yeah, so we, we got The Hobbit and part of Lord of the Rings before it was done. And uh, it really opened my eyes to the genre. And I went home and I asked my uh, uncle, and I have a little bit of a strange story here, so follow me through this. No problem. My uncle's a writer, and part of that is because he was paralyzed in the Vietnam War. My mother was his nurse, and he was like a second father to me. I grew up in his bedroom and idolized him in many respects. And he was very limited in what he could do. Um, but one of the things he could do was write, which mm-hmm. is why I've kind of followed in his footsteps. And then, you know, ultimately, um, he helped me understand a little bit more about the hobbit so that christmas i got my first version of the hobbit and he bought me my first dungeon and dragons box set oh i love uh, it and so i started playing it yeah and so that was a form of escapism from his paralysis he was my first dungeon master mm-hmm. uh but it also really from that point on it was like rocket shot i loved fantasy adventure and everything about fantasy sci-fi you could find yeah, i was wrapped up in it too uh back in the early 80s once we got the toddlers to sleep my late wife a couple of neighbors and i would stay up to the wee hours of the morning playing dungeons dragons <laughs> there you go there you go i, I i'll admit my nerd to them. i already i still do my friends from high school we've been playing we're now around the country uh-huh. uh and i think we are where you once were and uh with family and you know professions and obligations and things, it's hard. We give our six to ten, uh-huh. and everybody just dials in, and uh, we do it online. And oh, we still nice! Play, that's so that's we, cool. That's cool to do it online. Yeah. it's amazing yeah. how things have transitioned. Because I remember it used to be you know pieces of graph paper and <laughs> doing that whole thing. <laughs> I think it got some. I still have some of it. Yeah, I think, I I think still it got have a lot of old maps. Right, you yeah. drawing when the DM's describing it to you. Exactly, and I think it got a little bit of resurgence thanks to um, Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Well, that, you know, and I think that really as goofy as this is going to sound, the silver lining in it was really COVID. You know, people were shut down for a while. This mm-hmm. is a form of escapism yeah. for many. And uh, I saw that it was the rise of uh, Critical Role and all of these like YouTube and, and Twitch and other kind of shows where they were professional actors and actresses role playing in a, D- a D&D style. And it kind of repopularized the game. And of course, it doesn't hurt when you've got movies coming out and people that are you know, the, the, the new D&D movie just released this past weekend. I know Joe Manganiello has been you know, pushing for a Dragonlance series and things like that. So we'll see you know, where that goes. And I think it continues to kind of move the, the genre forward in that respect. This was the question I was going to ask you later as, as far as have you seen an uptick in your sales thanks to uh, Dungeons & Dragons on or among uh, I don't know. It's only been a couple of days. So we'll see. I, you know, in my the novels and the Warminster series in particular, it's been a memorialization of 20 years of playing the game, right? I took the best characters and the best villains with the best plots and stitched them all together to create this four book series. 
Now I see when I get ticks up in sales, it's typically because either, you know, I'm on a show like this or I'm at a convention somewhere and I'm in a book signing, you know, and, you know, people will, will have a chance to, um, you see me and learn a little bit more about the history. And you'd be surprised how many people will buy a book just because they like an author or they like an author's story um, without knowing much about it. You know, you can only tell them so much in a blurb uh, and there are spoiler alerts all through blogs and things like that. But, you know, I try to be as um, available to my readership as possible and, you know, answer their questions and, and uh, you know, even accept some of their advice from time to time. Yeah, I got a quick question for you. It, growing up and doing your D&D and everything like that, what are the name of some of your characters? So my first character ever was Flarek, and he was named after... Uh, Rick, Rick Flair? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> this was, he, was, he was a halfling thief back uh, when thieves were, were, um, were character classes. Now, I, I, under the new rules, they're rogues. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he was my first. And then the one that really is uh, that I've set apart inside the novel is Sir Ritter of Vulcaneer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was my most recent PC. Um, you know, I do a lot of DMing, so I don't play a lot. And when I do play, I try to have the most crazy character that I can. And in Ritter's case, he's sort of like uh, Dritz Dwarden from the a Dark Elf series meets Aragorn. And I smashed them together uh, and created this half-elven ranger uh, that has, you know, Aragorn's heart and Dritz's courage and, um, you know, put them together and, and threw a tangled love story around him with, uh, you know, the fate of the realm hanging in the balance. So it was, some of it really came from you know, that adventure that he went through. Others came from other adventures that I had DM'd, and then some of them were just brand new, just ideas that I've had for a while that I that I baked into the storyline. But he, the Flarek was my first, and Ritter was my most recent, and those are kind of my favorite, too. Awesome. I remember I had Prince Valkyrie was my was mine, and and my wife was, right. had Lady Danai was hers. I'll never forget those. Still remember those names. Good name. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Very- we can't go wrong with Valkyrie, but Dan is a pretty good name. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Uh, let's talk about the War Mister series. The first book was this one right here, the one I got right here, which is in your background right there. And it, this all follows from the uh, Element of Time series at Alter Reality Magazine. This was all a pretty much a product of the COVID breakdown, right? Or as far as the lockdown and everything like that. Yeah. So what what really happened was, you know, I, I've always wanted to write a book. Uh, but, you know, life takes over and my profession took over and I, you know, really do a lot of writing for my, my what was at that time my day job. And when COVID happened, my day job shut down for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So I had nothing to do. And my wife looked at me and she's like, what are you, you're not going to sit around. You're, you, you would drive, I would drive her nuts sitting around with all my like pent up energy. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to knock this off my bucket list. And I, and I wrote what I thought was going to be a standalone novel. And I shared it with an associate professor friend of mine who took it and said, you know, you really got something here. It needs some pacing, you need a little better dialogue, and you need to see an editor. So when I saw an editor, he sent it on to a publisher who publishes this, and she said, look, you know, I'll publish this, but I want to see three books. And the three books became four. And then the offshoot of the Warminster series was what I was doing with Altered Reality, which is the Element of Time series. It's all set within the realm of Warminster, mm-hmm. like, to use a D&D term like Greyhawk or Forgotten Realms. Um, you know, instead of being Middle Earth for Tolkien, it's it's the realm of Warminster for me. So all of these things happen within that dynamic there, and that's really where that kind of came from. Very good. Book one came out in uh, 2021, December 2021. Can you give us a quick, maybe 30 to a minute synopsis of book one, what uh, people are going to get involved with when they actually start reading this particular one? The Last Keepers. Yeah, the sure. There, 
they're they're going to read a uh, you know a kind of traditional trope between a chosen one and uh, a false prophet. Uh, and the main character is a character named Damus Alaric, who is a young um, young man who's graduating from the Cathedral of the Watchful Eye, which is a cathedral of prophets and seers. And they've come together to learn how to 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 take the gifts that have been given to them by their god, the Ancient of Knowledge, this ancient Arud, uh, and you know use them to help the kings and queens of the realm manage things well. And Damis continues to have these prophetic dreams about a fallen keeper coming back to challenge the cathedral. And that's really where the book starts. And I punch in the face with it right in, you know, in the first, in the prologue in chapter one uh, and get that rolling. And so if you, if you like that kind of struggle, uh, it's a lot of magic, a lot of battles, um, you know, and of course, I do a lot of world building in the first novel to kind of get you into the realm and, you know, get you familiar with where you are. And then that takes you into book number two, which looks like this. <laughs> this one right here is yes, Morgan's right. Lair. This is book two. This came out in 2022. Is that correct? Yeah, it came out in September of last year. Okay. The Vorden's Lair is a follow-up. It's really, you know, Damus and his not just coming-of-age story, but also his maturation as a, you know, kind of an adventurer. Uh, and uh, he's accepting the fact that he's on this this pace to 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 battle uh the great taurus the mad the evil fallen keeper that's coming back to uh try to uh you know i don't want to say destroy the realm but throw the realm into chaos and take his revenge and it's really a follow-up as part of that it gets you into there it's my empire strikes back you know and there's (laughs) you know action in there the characters get a chance to develop a little bit um you know and there's you know I, i think that uh, it's it's a nice setup for you know as we come crashing into the last two, uh, as as things as everyone sees that the I don't I don't know any spoiler alerts, but was as as Damus starts to formulate what the Great Taurus's plot is, it's now set and it's like how do we stop it? How do we foil this guy uh, before everything goes off the rails? And that's what book three and four bring you into. And I understand. Book three is coming out next week. Trillius's Gambit is coming out next week. Can you tell us what people can expect when the book comes out on, was it the 15th? It is. It is. And, and you know, the book is going to be uh, a follow-up. It's almost like a two-part ending uh, to to the saga. Uh, and this is going to set Damus on a path um, where he's now kind of got the upper hand on Great Taurus the Mad, and he's setting up for the final battle. And Great Taurus pulls out all the stops uh, and does something that I hope the readers will not expect uh, that he'll do to give him a pivot on the chessboard and get back in the game. Uh, and then, you know, the, the final novel will come out, uh, Echoes of Ghost will come out in uh, October of uh, 2023, so we're a few months away from that. Have you given any thought as to if this were to wind up becoming a movie or a movie franchise, who would play what roles? Yeah, you know, I, I get asked that a lot. My wife and her friends oftentimes will pick the hottest actors, and of course, they're the ones that are going to play. The, even if they don't fit uh-huh. uh, the 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 right, uh, you know, the right um, the characters and stuff. I honestly, you know, I think one of the big bad evil guys is a guy named Dragic von Lormark, and mm-hmm. he's sort of uh, Ritter 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 Vulcanier's, uh, you know, his enemy. And uh, von von Lormark to me is like Clancy Brown. He played Kurgan in the Highlander, mm-hmm. a big, tall, deep voice, double bladed sword kind of thing, where he's going to go in and, and and fight. And I think Clancy would make a great von Lormark. Um, you know, I think in terms of you know other actors and actresses, they kind of fade in and they and they fade out. I get a lot of different ideas 
for for people and things like that. But you know, that's that's a question that unfortunately my wife has spent much more time investing. <laughs> I, I figured in as much I as far as the flowing hair and everything. <laughs> oh yeah, which clearly I don't have flowing hair, and I'm, yeah. I'm not. I don't look because it's like good news yeah. and everything. It's Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Liam Hemsworth. And I'm like, yeah, you know, they're a little bit expensive. They're not outside of my price range, I think. <laughs> well, Chris Pine doing the, the latest thing, maybe maybe he could just transition from there, you know? <laughs> Have well, you- yeah, it's a, it's a good fit. I mean, although I think he's he's one of those uh, A-listers. I'm not sure my, my stuff rises to that level. But, you know, in that same vein, what's, what's interesting is I've licensed my intellectual property from the series to a video game company. Then that uh, they're making a, an augmented reality game that comes out in 2024. And then the virtual reality game of that will come out in 2025, you know, and, you know, for that, we've got voiceover actor opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I think those might present some pretty cool opportunities for folks that either have like a fantasy or a sci-fi voice that people might be able to recognize that becomes a little bit more affordable and realistic than my <laughs> wife's Hemsworth dreams. <laughs> well, very good. I really like that. Now, this, of course, is the fantasy world. This is total departure from what you do on your normal nine-to-five job, right? What do you do for a living? Absolutely. I'm a DC lobbyist. <laughs> I do defense and technology lobbying. Uh-huh. So, like, it, it, when I, I used the term escapism before. Uh, it's absolutely true. Like, my life is full of realism. Um, and it's not all good. Uh, and you know, for me, this is something that's clean. It pulls me away. If you asked anybody in DC and they knew that I was writing something, they would think it would be historical, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, some sort of like maybe historical fiction at its, at its best, you know, at best I should say. But, um, if, if you told them I was a fantasy adventure author, they'd fall off their seats. It's just not, this is such a, a giant step away from what I do day to day. Uh, that it makes it, um, I, I think it surprises some people when they, when they learn, but for me, it's my way of channeling my creativity away from the, you know, the DC beltway stuff that I've got to deal with. On well, a that's, basis. that's good. It's escapism is very important, especially after COVID. My goodness, COVID was the, the ultimate suck in of everything that we had to do. And it's nice to see that you took the time to actually work on this because so many of us sat on our laurels during, you know what? If I, if I had the free time, I'd do this. And then we found out in 20, 2020 that we didn't do anything. <laughs> we just sat oh, I'll tell you what, I'd be scratching the walls <laughs> if I wasn't doing something. So, this was a really nice outlet. It was the silver lining in a very dark cloud, right? So, like for me, you know, it was something that I knew I always wanted to do, and now I'm turning it into the my my career. Like I'm moving away yeah. from doing the stuff I do professionally, mm-hmm. and I'll, I've got enough momentum, and maybe in about a year or so, I'll be able to do this full time, and you know, make uh, the the back nine of my career uh, in my authorship. Very good. How does your, your wife uh, support this uh, this whole project? She's she's a big fan. Oh of my it. gosh. She loves it. Now she, it's funny because she's not much of a reader. She likes to listen to novels and she's a big movie buff. Uh, Uh, So from that perspective, I'm a few steps before her, her real, you know, uh, where she would be screaming. If it it like the movie idea that we talked about a little bit earlier, that would be something that she would be into, you know, for, but for this, she's been incredibly supportive. You know, at the time she was working two jobs, which allowed me to kind of stay at home and do this and find a publisher and do all the things you need to do. And, you know, when you start a, you know, down this path, you can do it as an art form and just put a book out there and hope people read it. Mm-hmm. But in my business, this is a science. Like I created, this was my next entrepreneurial endeavor. And so I created a business around that. And, you know, as a business owner, where I own several businesses, this is one where, 
you know, I am the brand and my prop, my, my books are my product. Mm -hmm. And I've just tried to ramp that up as best I can and really sort of focus on, uh, you know, sales and marketing and building a social media following and all the kind of things that I see other successful authors doing and, you know, being inspired by their path to success. Yeah. I tried to borrow against that and build in my own kind of way. And, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And when I think she finds her fun is she'll go to libraries or she'll set up, you know, uh, book signings for me. And she oh, has awesome. a great time Very doing good. that. Stuff, awesome. So. Very good. So she's, she's, your- she's like the mayor. <laughs> you know, she can walk around and make fun from friends with everybody, you know, and it's just, it's easy. You know, then all of a sudden someone shows up at the table and says, I talked to your wife. I was like, no kidding. She talks to everybody. Yeah, it, it's, so, it's like my late wife was my manager. I mean, she was the one that would actually, they wouldn't call me to see if I had an opening. They would call her <laughs> and say, you've got a, an interview on such and such a date. You need to be here at this particular time. Don't be late. Head, <laughs> headquarters, right? Yes. Yeah, I feel, I feel you. I know. Absolutely. Now, we were talking about your books. Let's go ahead and find out where we can purchase these great books. What's the best uh, best avenue? Some of your socials. Yeah, so um, you could find my books pretty ubiquitously. Uh, you, if you're an Amazon shopper, you could find it there on Amazon. If you want to go to my publisher, you can go to dragonmoonpress.com. Uh, and there are about 20 different uh, distribution channels like Apple or uh, Barnes & Noble or any of the other places where you would either buy your paperbacks or get your ebooks. And then audiobooks are located on just a, a, oh, about as many audiobooks channels too. as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. So if you have Audible or you use like, uh, you know, Apple for that stuff mm-hmm. or Kobo, right? Or you download it, you get the audiobooks uh, as well uh, there. My socials are really, it's really easy to find me. It's my name. It's, it's uh, at JV Hilliard Books. If you're looking for me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or TikTok, wow. if you're looking for me on Facebook and Discord, you can find me at just JV Hilliard. Very good. I will include all those links down here in the show notes so everyone has an opportunity <laughs> to get these books and to escape into the realm of the Warminster series. Uh, before we go, uh, closing thoughts, any last things people should know about you and the series? Yeah, you know, it, I've, this is the first of of the series. After the series is over, we're going to do a couple of origin stories about some of the more popular characters. So if you're a fan of, of in Canis Drew Waith, the assassin in the stories, or you like Blue Connie, sort of like the, um, uh, that the Hobbit or Halfling character that's, uh, you know, has got a little like weightlifting problem and is, uh, you know, a barbarian berserker on steroids. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you, I think people like him. You'll be able to read some of those stories in novella form instead of sort of the epic fantasy stuff that I write. And then series two is going to come out after that. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where that goes. That's a couple of years away, but. You know, for right now, that's what I've got, you know, planned, plus the the video game next year. Should should we continue to get a little busier? This is really cool. This is really cool. J.V. Hilliard, my guest today. He is the author of the Warminster series. Make sure you go ahead and get yourself a couple hundred copies of this book, okay? And uh, by by all means, check the links that I have included in the show notes to get yourself a book. Man, thanks for, uh, Joe, thanks for being on here, man. I really appreciate that. It's been my pleasure, and thank you very much for your time and the opportunity. I appreciate it. Hi, this is Rick Anthony thanking you again for listening to this episode of Someone You Should Know. Now, if you're an aspiring musician or an established musician that's looking for a little exposure, I invite you to drop us a line at someone you should know podcast at gmail.com. That's someone you should know podcast at gmail.com. Also, I invite you to tell a friend about the Someone You Should Know podcast. I thank you for tuning in this time and I invite you to check us out next time 
on the Someone You Should Know podcast, because you never know who's going to show up. Until next time, remember, God loves you, and so do I.